Dunkin' Cold Coffee can be brewed at home in your Keurig coffee maker with Dunkin' Cold K-Cup pods. Just brew it hot over ice and enjoy flavor that's crafted to serve cold. The home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This episode of the Rise and Shine podcast is presented by Bigelow Tea, the number one tea in America. Choose your perfect flavor from over 150 varieties like Earl Grey and green tea. Available at BigelowTea.com, Amazon, or wherever you find your tea. Bigelow Tea. Grab a mug. Tea proudly. Episode 187 of the Rise and Shine podcast and the featured guest this week. Listen, you've heard me on the podcast on my SiriusXM radio show talk about how I think he is the absolute best when it comes to play-by-play for the NFL and previously for Major League Baseball. We've wanted him forever. He is the best in the business, my guy. From ESPN, Joe Buck is the featured guest on the Rise and Shine podcast. And listen, I'm excited. And I am in such a good mood. It's the holiday season. We're taping this on a Tuesday. We just got finished watching Joe Buck on Monday Night Football. Tommy DeVito throwing touchdown passes. Tommy Cutlets. I am in such a great mood today. The old throwback jerseys for the New York football giants taking me back to when I was rooting for Phil Sims and Lawrence Taylor and Mark Bavaro and Carl Banks. And I'm even extra fired up today because, Bob, we have, as you heard at the start of the episode, a great new presenting sponsor Bigelow Tea is the official sponsor of the Rise and Shine podcast, and everyone knows I'm obsessed with Bigelow Tea, and I talk about it all the time on on the radio show on Shine on Sports on on Sirius XM. And this past weekend, I had my green tea in my Bigelow mug, and I'm watching Theo play basketball, my eight-year-old son, and I got my Bigelow tea in hand. I'm watching Monday Night Football last night, and, you know, I've got my lemon ginger with probiotics. I had a cup of blackberry citrus, which was unbelievable. The orange spice is what I had while watching games on, watching the Eagles and the Cowboys on on Sunday. So first and foremost, I am just thrilled to have Bigelow Tea Bob as the presenting sponsor of the Rise and Shine podcast. Oh, I love it, Adam. I love it. I love the positivity. And listen, you are obsessed with Bigelow Tea. Every time I see you, all you're doing is drinking Bigelow Tea. So it's amazing, Adam. I mean, it's great that they're sponsoring the podcast. I mean, the product's unbelievable. 
I love the green tea too. I know my wife has a couple of the different flavors at the house. We are proud to have them as a sponsor of the podcast. That's a great way to phrase it. And yeah, we have all the different flavors at home. My kids love it. My wife loves it. The lemon lift this morning gave me just that, a lift. And it's so healthy and you feel great. And the constant comment, it's it's a classic. It's, it's so fantastic. And there's nothing like, especially in December, feeling great. And that's how I feel. When I watch Joe Buck, and I've said this forever, Bob, Joe Buck is the absolute best. And his baseball to me when he did it on Fox for all those years with Tim McCarver and then with John Smoltz, I just found it to be sensational and mesmerizing and nothing drove me battier than any kind of Joe Buck criticism or Joe Buck hate or, you know, Joe Buck getting heat online. People are always mad online. Joe Buck is the best. His knowledge, his pacing, his passion for all the sports and specifically here for baseball and his football play-by-play is awesome and Bob the elite booth to me right now in the NFL and frankly in in all of sports casting is Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and they've been together forever and you know 22 years going back to the NFL on Fox and you know doing all those Super Bowls and Sunday afternoon games and the Thursday games for a period of time and you know now on Monday Night Football and a staple and they're honest and they're objective and Joe's just classic with his calls and his amazing humor and Aikman is always spot on with his analysis and I loved on Monday night when he was getting on the refs when they were taking a long time at the end of the first half so that combination you could tell they love each other they play off each other so well Joe calls such a brilliant passionate game I mean that is to me the elite team right now in in all sports broadcasting I don't know who could argue with you Adam I just don't I mean it is it's the elite team I mean they've been together so long the chemistry is fantastic it's funny I I was thinking the same thing about Joe Buck because he I basically have grown up with Joe Buck like my entire life as a sports fan as I can remember obviously Joe calling the 96 World Series when the Yankees beat the Braves is still it's classic Joe Buck is at the peak of his powers, Adam. I'm actually depressed he doesn't do baseball anymore. I'm really depressed. I love him. Joe Davis is excellent, but just turning on the World Series and not hearing Joe Buck. It's different. Yeah, you're missing missing that. You're missing Joe Buck. You're missing a little bit of the sizzle, right? And like I said, I think he's at the peak of his powers. He's only getting better. His calls are unbelievable. I mean, I, I just remember the first week of the season, the Jets and the Bills, and how great Joe Buck called that game. The Garrett Wilson touchdown it's one of the best calls he's ever had i mean you can you can think of joe buck calls off the top of your head throughout the decades adam the mcguire home run i always think of, of with joe buck the minneapolis miracle think about how far apart just even those two calls are two completely different sports and that's why i mean i that's why i miss joe buck calling the baseball adam. and even when he used his dad's line which is one of my all-time oh, favorites freeze. i mean oh yeah. that and of course it's freeze it's the cardinals <laughs> yeah. you know just tying that in and you know obviously you know we'll see you tomorrow night oh, and the yeah. kirby puckett kirby home puckett, run yeah. you you know i was obsessed with kirby puckett i was obsessed with joe's dad and Oh, I mean, I, I miss him calling baseball, and, and, and no disrespect to Joe Davis, who I think is is great at his job, but you turn on the baseball playoffs, you miss it, and there's such an appreciation for what Joe and Troy do in the NFL. 22 seasons as a powerhouse team, there's, there's nobody better, and in such a business, Bob, where it is subjective, 
I don't even know who else or how else you can argue their their passion, their star quality, their attention to detail, their knowledge. No sacred cows. They call it like it is. You can tell they're always prepped. They do their homework, and they have so much fun. It's still sports. It's still fun. And, I mean, it's just the beauty of listening to a Buck Aikman broadcast. You kind of get lost in the broadcast with them now, Adam. And it's it's kind of interesting thinking about it, too. ESPN's done a great job. The games are so great on Monday Night Football. Yeah, now. And that point. really helps. I mean, it really does. I mean, I love Al Michaels. I'm obsessed with him. He's one of my all-time favorite broadcasters. If the game isn't great, it's going to hurt the announcers sometimes. And we've kind of seen that. Some of the games on Thursday night were lacking this year. It's no fault to Al or it's no fault to Amazon either. Quarterbacks got hurt. The matchups just – some of the matchups just didn't pan out. But it seems like with Monday Night Football – Almost every week, the games have been great. And that helps. It really does. And Buck and Aikman, they're fantastic. I love Nance and Romo. I really love think Nance that and Romo. Tony's got a little bit of flack, and it's just so unfair. I love Tony. Yeah, he's you know great in the booth. And Nance is just unbelievable. I mean, there's it just goes without saying how good Jim Nance is. But I think they're kind of on their heels. I just They are just a really great combo. But again, they just haven't been in the booth as long together, right? 22 like, years yeah. for Buck and Aikman. It's, it's a remarkable accomplishment. And, Bob, how about this Tommy DeVito story? And, look, <laughs> I've been very familiar with Tommy DeVito forever. He went to Don Bosco yeah. High School. I grew up in Rockland County, and that's a stone's throw from, from Rockland in, in northern Jersey. So I'm always paying attention to that area on the high school level. And then Tommy goes to Syracuse. And yeah. so I got to see his entire career at Syracuse. Had another year in college at at mm-hmm. Illinois, never in a million years did I expect this. And, you know, it's been such a down year in New York football, and the Giants yeah. have been so awful for, for a decade since their last Super Bowl. And, you know, there were some hopes for people this past year for the Giants. I thought they would take a step back. Still a major, massive rebuild after the Dave Gettleman error, E-R-R-O-R. And Giants overachieved last year. Didn't think they'd be a playoff team this year. But right from the jump, when they lost 40-3 to to the Dallas Cowboys, you knew it was going to be a, a bad and a dark season. And it's incredible when you consider the real Super Bowl hopes that I had for your Jets with Aaron Rodgers, and you yeah. referenced that week one game. You know, the Giants, and I love Brian Dayball, and he was coach of the year last year. They're a feel-good story. New York football was supposed to be back, and it's just been dreadful yet again, and that seems to be the norm over the last 10 years. Here's Tommy DeVito, and he's not going to be the Giants starting quarterback next year. That's not what this is about. But there is a pretty awesome Lynn Sanity quotient to this. It's fun. Don't overthink it. They'll draft a quarterback for next year. And, you know, they're showing his agent who's right out of central casting. And (laughs) he's living at home with his parents. And they're making cutlets. And they're tailgating with sausage and peppers and baked ziti. I mean, and penny (laughs) ala vodka. That's my kind of tailgate, Bob. What's not to love? I mean, everything. You got to love everything about the story, right? And you you mentioned it. To me, Adam, it is. It's the Italian version of Linsanity, yeah. right? Because it's just so unprecedented. He's an undrafted kid. And what even makes it more remarkable, you mentioned the Jets, you mentioned New York football, Adam. Remember when Tommy DeVito came in against the Jets? Bingo. Brian Dable wouldn't let him throw a pass at in all. that game. Adam. At all? He had negative passing Could yards have won that game. game if let him throw. Negative, Adam. Negative passing yards. And look at it. Look what he's done. He's rattled off a three-game winning streak. The Giants are going to make the playoffs, but 
The Giants are like actually in the playoff race. It's it's so insane if you look at the standings. It's crazy. It's just hilarious. The the shots in the stands. The you know the family kissing the agent. The it's agent. Amazing. Yeah, they're doing the. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. Everything you're watching with the story. And but that's all the thing with the Giants, right? Fans don't know what to think anymore, and they don't know how to feel about this. Just have fun. Just enjoy this. Because next year you're stuck with Daniel Jones again. It's gonna be the, it's gonna be like a redo. We're gonna be seeing kind of the same thing, Adam. Jones' contract, they can't get rid of him. He'd be a seventy million dollar dead cap hit charge if they got rid of him next year. So they're stuck with Daniel Jones again. So I mean, Giants fans should just enjoy this enjoy portion, it. right? Enjoy it because next year. It's going to be like this year. You won too many games for Caleb Williams. Then oh, you won yeah. too many games for Drake May. And there was a minute where you thought that was very viable. Yeah. And then it wasn't because of Tommy DeVito in a great way. Look, that's why Daniel Jones, I, I've never been a fan. And I beg the Giants, just franchise him. He earned a return trip to New York via the franchise tag. He played better than I ever anticipated. But you knew it was fool's gold. But, hey, we're doing nothing but staying positive today, Bob. Nothing but staying positive. Positive. I'm going to sip my Bigelow tea. I'm going to watch Tommy DeVito play football. And Joe Buck is going to join us on the Rise and Shine podcast presented by Bigelow Tea. Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' Cold Coffee can be brewed in your Keurig, coffee maker, and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's Cold K-Cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home. The place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Not all tea bags are created equally. And the Bigelow difference is in the details, because tea is all they do. The 100% family-owned Bigelow tea is now the number one tea in America, producing over 2 billion bags in the United States each year. Whether hot or ice, Bigelow tea takes pride in crafting the best cup of tea possible. From the hand-picked teas to the carefully selected ingredients, all protected in a foil pouch. 
They've created over 150 healthy and delicious varieties to meet all your needs. From mint medley to lemon ginger plus probiotics to their original constant comments. Don't settle for mediocre. Bigelow ensures you get the absolute perfect cup of tea every single time. Have your favorite flavor by your side as you cheer on your team this season. When I'm watching sports, I always have a cup or two or three of Bigelow tea. I'm obsessed with the I Love Lemon, the orange and spice. And at night, I love watching sports and having a blackberry citrus herbal tea. Plus zinc. It's unbelievable. In the morning, as you download the Rise and Shine podcast, have the classic Bigelow green tea. It is absolutely delicious. Find your favorite flavor at BigelowTea.com, Amazon, or anywhere you find tea. Bigelow Tea. Do what I do. Grab a mug. Tea proudly. The featured guest this week on the Rise and Shine podcast. He is my all-time favorite play-by-play voice. He is now the voice of Monday Night Football on ESPN. My guy, the great Joe Buck. Joe, how are you? You say that to all your guests. I know it. You had Nance on here. You said the same thing. You said it to Michaels, to Rico, right on down the line. Well, it's true. Yeah, that's that's absolutely okay. fair. All right. Now, with that said, nobody has been in the booth with their partner longer than you. 22 years with Troy Aikman. Joe, that is a big deal. That is a monster deal. Anytime you're in the record books for broadcasting ahead of Summerall and Madden in an NFL booth, that to me is significant. And I think you and Troy are the elite team historically and also nowadays. What does 22 mean to you? Well, it means a lot. I mean, I think the longevity part of it is is really the the part that gets me. I, I never expected that when we were all put together in the early 2000s that you and I would be talking in 2023. I, I never thought that I'd be at ESPN. I never thought I'd be with Troy for over 20 years. I mean, we started with Chris Collinsworth, was was the third man in the booth, so we're kind of hedging a little bit. It hasn't just been the two of us. But, yeah, we. I, I think it, it points to and speaks to a legitimate friendship and two people that – don't get tired of working with each other. Um, I think we've handled it the right way. I, I think we uh, we separate well in the off season, so that when the season rolls around, we're excited to be back together. We don't wear each other out during the week, so that by the time Saturday or Sunday's here and we're back in the same city and in a meeting room and on a Zoom call or in a in a group with uh, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. We're not tired of each other, and and so uh, we we've become great friends. We've stayed great friends, and I I can't imagine that ever changing. It's amazing, and I like the way you talk about that separation during the week and the separation in the off season. It's like any relationship or marriage or friendship, and that's all part of it when you're working on that kind of crew together. What is it about Troy? in terms of the in-moments, in-booth chemistry. He he laughs at your jokes. He knows how to take a setup, whether it's before a game, halftime, in-game, when you ask him a question about strategy. He knows how to slam it out of the park. What is it about this rapport that you guys have that, frankly, Joe, in my opinion, is something special? Well, thank you. I, I think the one thing that, that I am most proud of is that 
you know, our on-air, we talked a lot about what we do off-air, but our on-air relationship, I feel like we fit together well on-air. And yeah. and it's not always that way. We could be the best of friends, and, and it could be mismatched when the game starts. Or And, and I think I, I'm trying all the time to give him as much room as I can. And I hear other play-by-play guys, other play-by-play guys that I think are phenomenal. I, and I think, man, if I don't know, if I talk that much, I don't know that we would have the rapport that we have. I, I think he he is expecting me to give him that room. And I know when he's ready to go just by a out of the corner of my eye, subtle movement that he might make or the way he leans forward or just little things that you pick up over time that tells me, all right, he's ready to go or. He doesn't have anything here, and I'm going to carry it through this next little chunk, and then he'll come back around and 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 he'll be ready to go. So I, I I read a lot of that. I think he reads me well. I think you're exactly right, Adam. That he's a really great audience. Tim McCarver was like that for me too, and it was always my intention every game to make them laugh. Tim yeah. and obviously Troy, and and I do it even when he's not on camera or he's not going to react on air. Like we came on the air in the Giants game the other night, and Tommy DeVito's walking in in like a pink, furry sweater coat kind of thing. And I said, you know, there's Tommy DeVito walking in just like Troy Aikman used to do for a big Monday night football game. And he's laughing to himself right next to me, which I think puts him in a good mood to go do the game. So it's, it's little things you learn over time and uh, little buttons that I can push, and I'm sure he pushes mine that gets the best out of each other. Right, and I think you just hit it, and, and we feel it all the time watching you guys in terms of, you know, it's one thing to have that relationship off-air. It's the on-air, bringing the most out of each other. You make him laugh, and you give him room, and you guys set each other up both incredibly well, which I think is awesome. Let me give you a take that I've said on the air, and I'm curious if you would agree, disagree, and why. I think Thursday night football, when you guys did Thursday night football, Joe, you guys went to a different level. I always thought you guys were a great team. But when you had that stretch at Fox, when you did Thursdays and Sundays, I don't know if it was mentally, I don't know if it was, ah, screw it, let's just let this thing rip. I thought you guys, whether it was the preparation, whether it was let's just have even more fun, you know, there's only so. I thought your on-air rapport with Troy and just letting the letting the officials hear it, criticism, whatever it was, I thought you guys became the elite booth that sequence in all of sports. Yeah, I agree, and I, I think it was uh, not the the last part. I'm not agreeing with I, that's for other people, but I. I do agree that we changed when Thursday night football came along. Um, I, I think our preparation, we we started getting ready on our own as opposed to relying on each other in the group setting. It's hard. I, I don't want to go into like how, how many hours it takes and blah, blah, blah. Or we would get there for a Sunday game on a Friday and you'd go to the home team practice, and then you'd talk to four or five players and a coordinator and a head coach, and then you go to the hotel and you have dinner, and then you go get up on Saturday and you wait for the visiting team to come in and you do the whole thing again, and you go to dinner, you have a meeting, you do the game. And I, I'm telling you, just the way I work, 
And maybe it's my baseball background of doing day after day after day. But by the time the Sunday game came around, I was tired of it. Like I've been talking about it. We've been talking about this for three days. And we've been talking about everything that has already happened. You should be able to go into a booth. And I would tell any broadcast student this. I spend like my my board, if I showed it to you that I that I make is jammed with information, ridiculously so. But if a big gust of wind came up and blew that out of the booth, I should be able to do the game just fine. And you at home should not be able to tell that I don't have all that junk sitting in front of me. Um, I need to know that 87 is Romeo Dobbs and I need to know that 11 is Jaden Reed and. Jordan Love's been hot. And the offensive line's been a little bit better and like big, broad strokes. And I think when you do Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, and you start doing everything on telephone conference calls and you 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 kind of run and gun a little bit, I think you rely more on your own personality and your own take. And you can have more uh, fresh interactions about the game with each other instead of having worn it out for two and a half days prior to the game kick kicking off. So it, it's a ridiculously long-winded answer, but I think that we were almost post pandemic pre pandemic with the way we started doing things just because we had to, you know, you can't be there three days early for a Sunday game and then go three days early for a Thursday game and then go three days early for a Sunday game. You, you would literally just live on the road so you do everything in a new way, and it made us a little more fresh, and it made us, I think, a little more reliant on our own eyes and our own personality. And then it was, hey, do these guys really blend well? And I think it. we found we don't need a lot of that other stuff. We're just watching a football game. And so to squeeze the life out of it before you get there um, is, I think, a mistake. I, I work my ass off, and I prepare really hard. But I know what I need to do to get ready for the game. And we don't have to be in a little Cub Scout troop getting ready for the game because that's the way it's always been done. And and I think that change because of the schedule did make us better. Well, good. I mean, because I, I felt it as a viewer. I really, I, I just thought you guys were fresh. You let it rip. And I, I love that answer as a broadcast geek. And I know the audience will too because, you know, that's a little behind the scenes where I thought you guys were always great. I thought that made you guys extra special. And, you know, that Thursday, Sunday, and you've taken that now when you go back to doing one day a week. Joe, I'm late to the game on this, but the move to ESPN, and you referenced it earlier in the conversation, you know, I always, you were synonymous with Fox, obviously, baseball, football. Take us through that move, why that became the next move for you, and obviously simultaneously going to the Monday night platform and giving up Major League Baseball. Yeah, I mean, if you take the money out of it, and and that I would be a complete hypocrite and disingenuous if I said that wasn't a big part of it. But I, I think the bigger part of it was change. And and when I, I got on the phone when I was I was sick, you know, about you know, it's a big leap. Do I leave a place where I've been for twenty eight years, where I where I grew up? I got hired when I when I auditioned there, I was twenty four. And I was doing NFL games at 25. And I was doing World Series games at 27. And I grew up through two different regimes there. And and everybody that – I knew everybody. 
and and we go to the seminar and and you're you're saying hi to people that you've known for 20 plus years it's a very comfortable feeling e- even in this weird business um it it was very comforting to see the same faces and to already have all that history built in and i think comfortable sometimes not to get coach speak but i, I do think it makes you i don't want to say lazy but it it makes you it, it makes you uh, less fresh. And I, and I think going with what we just talked about with the change with Thursday, Sunday, and kind of using different muscles and thinking about things in different ways, when this was a possibility, and Fox was great to me. I mean, I, I owe everything to two entities, the St. Louis Cardinals for hiring Jack Buck's kid when I was 21, and – Fox Sports and David Hill for hiring me when I'd never done football, let alone the NFL, when I was 25 uh, to do the NFL. Without those two, those two things, I, God knows what I'm doing. So I, 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 I owed everything to them. They let me out of last year my contract, and the person who hired me, who I consider a mentor, David Hill, who's a brilliant man, who put Fox Sports together. And now is a consultant and lives between L.A. and London, and he's a very worldly guy. I called him, and I said, I'm thinking about him. I have an offer to go to ESPN. What do you think? And I thought he would say, are you nuts? Don't blow it. You've got a great life at Fox. You've been doing all the 20-plus World Series, blah, blah, blah. And he said, you got to do it. Wow. And I, I was stunned. I, I and And I said, why? And he said, I got out of Fox. The next 10 years of my life have been the best, most uh, rewarding years of my career. And he said, you're going to walk into that booth on Monday night, that first Monday night game. You're going to be nervous again. You're going to be, you're going to meet new people. You're going to see different ways of doing things. It's going to refresh everything. It's going to make you better. And he was right. And, and like he is about everything. And, and so a Fox let me out and they were great to me in every possible way, and B, it's been awesome being at ESPN and ABC now uh, where it's just we're having a blast. It's I love being a standalone night, and it's the best, most freeing move I've ever made. I don't like not doing baseball anymore except that I think it was time for another voice to take that on. And I'd done 24 World Series at some point, enough's enough. Give America a break. Let somebody else do it. And uh, and I think Fox is happy with what they have. I know ESPN's happy with what they have. And most importantly, my quality of life around home with two five-year-old boys uh, has been unbelievable. And that's important with quality of life and, and with the boys and with Michelle. And I think that's that's huge. And the standalone is great. And the ESPN ABC Monday night schedule is fantastic. And, you know, I think that's wonderful. Joe, I miss you doing baseball. And maybe that's selfish on my part. And, you know, you even joke about America. Listen, I I turn on a game on Fox, a big game. I want to hear Joe Buck do it. Is do you miss it on big moments? I, I'm sure you don't miss the daily grind, but do you That's miss exactly it? That's exactly it. That's Bingo. exactly it. But you got to do the daily grind to get to the big moments. Of course. You don't call Bryce Harper home run to win a game in Philly in the ninth inning without doing X number of games that nobody, you know, is is going, oh my God, I can't believe you called. 
you got to put the work in and, and you got to get on the plane again. You got to go do it. I'm not, my book is called lucky bastard for a reason. I am, I'm not complaining, but I think, you know, yes. Do you miss sitting there in the ninth inning of game seven and the whole thing is riding on one pitch? Yes. Uh, but I did a lot of that and my clock started earlier than most everybody else. And so when you're just getting through World Series and enjoying every minute of it, but going, okay, now, you know, we're going right back to football and, and you're mixing in World Series and LCS games with Thursday night football and some Sunday football, and you don't know which end is up and you're coming and going, you know, being able to concentrate on football has made me better on football. And I think Joe Davis is great. I, you know, he's a guy that filled in and took over for Vin Scully. He works his tail off. I think what I've learned, Adam, is the game moves on. Two years after the fact, I watched the All-Star game this past July, and I was like, I don't know who half these players are. I've never heard of half these guys. And yeah. so you realize nobody's waiting around for you to come showing up back at the door. I've never done a game with a pitch clock. I've never done a game with the catcher to pitcher communication system, bigger bases, all that other stuff. I enjoy it. I love the game. I love what I did. Uh, but I, I think it's in the past and I'm I'm happy to stand on my block of work for when I was doing it both nationally and locally. I love the Minneapolis Miracle Call. I, I love Eli DePlexico. The David Freeze Call to me is my personal favorite, and you channeled your father. And I, you know, I grew up as a diehard Yankee fan, still am now. For some reason, I loved Kirby Puckett. So I remember watching that moment, that call. I, I, I thought when your dad called that, that was incredible. And then when you did it with Freeze, I mean, my goodness, the McGuire Call. For so many different reasons on 62 was, I think, my personal favorite because of the moment. And it wasn't one of those prodigious blasts. It was a line drive. Yeah. I mean, you know, Mark almost screwed you. I mean, I, that was not a vintage McGuire home run. Take me through some of those calls and maybe some of your all-time favorites. I mean, those those are that's pretty much my list. I People have asked me, and I will say, you rarely get a walk-off moment in the NFL – Diggs gave us a walk-off moment in the NFL where the place felt like it was going to collapse. And it was right in front of us. And you're you're conditioned to think that, okay, make the catch, get out of bounds, get the field goal try. He made the catch and brilliantly turned around and saw that nobody was there and just took it into the end zone and won the game. Um, that was unreal. Uh, that crazy NFC Championship game in Seattle, that was another walk-off win for the Seahawks Yep. Uh, where the Packers, you know, 19 different things had to happen for the Seahawks to win that game. And all 19 happened and they won. And that was one of those, my God, he walked out of the stadium. Like, how did, how did that happen? And you, you can't even pinpoint a moment where the thing turned because there were so many of them. Uh, Plexico Burris touchdown was unbelievable with all that was on the line. I think my first world series in 96 with Charlie Hayes catching the last pop up in foul ground and, it was a good lesson for me and a lesson that I kind of leaned on or, or almost blew in 98 with the McGuire home run because I never thought of what I was going to say when Charlie Hayes or anybody made the last out in that World Series. I'd never done that. And it was like uh, it just came out of my mouth. And, and, and I had not thought about it or planned it. And it was like, oh, I can do this. And I was a, I was a kid. I was 27 and 
you're in the Bronx and you're scared to death and all of a sudden the World Series is over and the Yankees are champions and you just didn't screw it up and you said it on national TV. So that was a good lesson for me. And then in 98, you're right, McGuire, I had this stupid script written out of what I was going to say <laughs> and McGuire hits this wall scraping, foul pole scraping, home run down the left field line and I could never get my eyes down to this canny corned uh corny canned script so my eyes were up because I had to make sure the thing was gone and because my head was up it's a great lesson I noticed McGuire leaping over first base because he was doing the same thing I was doing which yeah. was watching that little hooking line drive wondering if he had just broken the all-time record so you know, those are moments that that I, I'm very proud of. Um, and, you know, it you got to throw them in with mistakes, too. I mean, you, you have to trust and live with whatever comes out of your mouth. And you can't wear yourself out if you do something that you don't love after the fact. Because it's all the same. You just you see it. You react. You have to go with it. There's no delete button. And. You hope that it's good, and eventually, if it's not good, executives at networks will say, "Hey, that was fun. We're going to do some do it with somebody else." So, I'm proud of all that stuff. But you're, you, I think you hit the ones that that jump out in my mind too. Yeah, on a personal level, the Lairitz Rollers for me as a Yankee fan who hadn't seen a World Series championship to the track to the wall, we are tied. I mean, that I was going nuts, and you nailed that call. Just the inflection as it kept going and going and going. That. That was awesome. I've always wanted to ask you about the steroid era because I'm I'm 46 and I've always been of the opinion the moments count, the games count. I'm not burying my head in the sand. Don't tell me my era of baseball didn't exist. 98 Yankees, McGuire, Sosa. I'm not naive to Bonds, and I know your Bond story with Don Baylor and, you know, what a horse's <laughs> ass. But, but again, you know, I mean, it's... I look at that time, Joe, and you were the soundtrack for so many of those games. I mean, I think Clemens and Bond should be in the Hall of Fame. I'll never forget what McGuire and Sosa did. You know, I, I'm not naive to any of it. And there are players that we don't even know use performance-enhancing drugs. But where do you stand on that era? You were the soundtrack for so much of it. And should those guys be celebrated and recognized in Cooperstown? Man, I, it's funny. I there's not one thing that just came out of your mouth that I disagree with. That that is that is basically exactly how I feel. Did it exist? Absolutely. Uh, are we all, I think, mature enough to understand that that was going on in the game? In the you pick a time. I mean, when do you want to start it? The late seventies, the eighties, into the nineties, the early two thousands, maybe today. I don't know. Um, I don't know what anybody's putting in anybody's body. I know what I'm putting in mine. And yep. and that's about it. Um, so I I do think those guys should be in the Hall of Fame. I do think that it's hard to draw random lines around different players and say, oh well, we know that they didn't do it. Do you? Or is there any? Is it possible that somebody's in the Hall of Fame right now that did performance enhancing drugs? I, I would say the odds would tell you that that there's somebody in there that did it. So if there's somebody in there that did it, I I say that that the the best of that era should go in, and and that's just my opinion. Um, but 
and, and nobody's asking me for my opinion. I don't have a vote. It doesn't matter. But I, I think that that stuff was all over the place. I think there were just as many guys juiced up throwing the ball as there were hitting it. And so, I, you know, it, it's hard to be the judge and jury on that because I don't think all the evidence is in. And and that's that's the hard part for me. Is if you can if you can tell me, give me a definitive list, and say these people did it, these people didn't. Okay, now now that's a different story. But because we don't know where these what anybody did, and then where do you put where do you put greenies and amphetamines and and you know that was all over the game and and when you hear Bob Gibson who I respected more. Did anybody I met through my dad say, hey, if that stuff was around when I was pitching, I'm not saying I wouldn't have taken it. And guys, so it's 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 hard to sit on the hilltop and and just judge everybody. I'm I'm not a big fan of that. I, I think that we all should be mature enough to kind of understand that this was the era of baseball. Um, and and the best of that era, in my opinion, that nobody's asking for other than you right now. Mm-hmm. is that they should they should go in. Yeah, we're on the exact same page. Finally, Joe, the impact of your dad, who, to me, growing up as as a diehard baseball fan and a broadcast geek, I mean, your your dad was was a legend, right? And I, I'm curious, the impact that he had on shaping your career, and when you realized that you wanted to do what he did for a living. When I was a child, when I was probably five. I mean, I have five-year-olds now, and and I think I used to say four or five, and now I know that that a five-year-old can get it because my boys know that when, I, when I'm sitting here, now my dad didn't have a microphone in his office. He had a phone, but when he started talking very serious and he was talking about, you know, calling into KMOX and doing a report, I knew that if I wanted to sit in there and watch that and be near him because he traveled a lot, I had to be quiet. And I wasn't going to be rattling stuff around and knocking things over. I he would throw me probably literally out of his office. So I, I was a pretty serious kid. Uh, I I didn't get into a lot of trouble. I didn't want to waste the time that my dad was at home with being grounded or being in trouble or having him mad at me or disappointed in me. So I I I lived accordingly. And to answer the question, I owe everything I have to that man. And, Mm -hmm. and it, it, it comes from, and I think the greatest gift, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't even know why the greatest gift he gave me was letting me know that he wanted me around Mm. as a little boy. And, and that was something that led to the rest of my life because I got to travel with him. I got to go to every national league city by the time I was 12 I was trusted to be on the team plane. I was trusted to be in the booth. I was trusted to be down on the field and around players and shagging fly balls and bat boying and all that other stuff that all went into my DNA that allowed me at a young age to do what my dad did. But I never wanted to be anything but my dad. I didn't want to be a firefighter, a policeman, a lawyer, a doctor, anything. I wanted to be him. And and that was... Because he and I were best friends. And and it in when I started getting into it, he was not the guy going, Well, I heard you, I heard you call a home run the other night. Here's how I would have done it. It was 
That was great. And just moved on. Let me find my own way to the point where he and I were broadcast partners for over a decade. So um, I think that combined with seeing the kind of person that he was, the way he treated people when nobody else was around, was the greatest lesson that I could learn. He was a good person. I get to follow him into this business. I get to work with people that worked with him. I've never heard anybody ever complain that he was an asshole. They all go, oh, my God, I worked with their dad. What a great guy. Um, so it's just story after story that keeps him alive to me. And I am not sitting here. I'm at least aware enough to know that I am not sitting here without a father and a mom, but a father who taught me everything without sitting me down and teaching me anything. I just watched it. That's pretty special. I had the chills a few times as as you were saying that. Joe, listen, 22 with you and Troy is such an important and incredible number, and it's a major accomplishment to what you guys do on a week-in, week-out basis. You know I, I'm such a big fan in you know, baseball, football. I mean, what you do, it's it's elite Mount Rushmore stuff. Keep up the great work. Continued success. Again, 22 years, same booth. NFL record, it's a huge deal. And enjoy the rest of the Monday Night Football slate, and we'll talk to you again real soon. All right, Adam. Thank you. It's time for texts from Jack Shine. So this is a text from Jack Shine, Bob, that I got at 9.56 this morning after the radio monologue on the Dolphins and how they choked and the Giants win and Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers and Love was dreadful again. Good morning, smiley face emoji. Adam, great seeing you and lighting the candles with the kids last night. They were over for Hanukkah. Your monologue today was extraordinary. (laughs) Loved the beatdown of the frauds and the imposters, the Dolphins, the Packers. Jordan Love loved the elevation of Tommy Cutlets, but I really love the way you described that portly kicker, Fat Randy. Oh, come on. Is that really his nickname? (laughs) Yes, it is. His teammates call him Fat Randy. I I feel like that was generated by people online. Do his teammates really call him that? I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Also, I was so nervous at the end of that game that that (laughs) large Randy was not going to to kick that field goal and make it through. But, hey, they left Tommy DeVito too much time. By the way, my dad also adds, son, I plan on listening to your Joe Buck interview drinking a cup of Bigelow tea. Earl Grey is what Poppy will be sipping. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Bigelow Tea. With over 150 varieties, it's no wonder Bigelow Tea is America's number one tea. Find your favorite flavor at BigelowTea.com, Amazon, or anywhere you find tea. Bigelow Tea. Grab a mug. Tea proudly. Sirius XM Podcasts. Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's cold cake-up pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, 
They're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.